Hello and welcome to the Your Honest Ally podcast. My name is Amy Greenaway and I am here to be your straight shooting bestie who lovingly tells you what you need to hear without beating around the bush, is your biggest hype girl and wants to see you live in the life of your dreams. In this podcast, we will cover all things self-development from manifestation, relationships, sex, fertility, owning your space and so much more. You will be exposed to ideas that will expand your horizons and give you knowledge to make empowered life decisions. Before we get into it, I invite you to open up that beautiful mind of yours, leave all the offense behind and get ready to take full accountability and own your life. Let's grow together because hey, I'm still figuring out life too. Hello and welcome back to the Your Honest Ally podcast, the podcast you come to to get some life advice, some truth telling and maybe a few laughs. I hope you have had a beautiful week and I am excited to be back in your ears. Today I'm talking about all things money and how to kind of sort your shit out when it comes to that aspect of your life. Money might not be the most important thing, but it's pretty close to oxygen. You need it to survive, right? So let's chat about it. Let's chat about how we can be better at it. And I truly believe in this day and age with all of the resources we have, we have no excuse not to learn about it and become better at it. But yeah, I'll delve into that in a little while. Before that, life update, not much. I've got lots going on, but nothing of interest really. Um, So yeah, that's what's happening with that. Just preparing for the stadium show, for dancing and traveling for work and saving for our travels, planning our trips, all of those things, but nothing too interesting. Let's get into our fun fact, life hack and recommendation segment. Okay, so the fun fact of today, it's not really a fun one. Sorry again about this, but it's good to know. It's really good to know. So I'm going to talk to you about your fat cells when you are dieting and gaining weight. So you'll often hear people will say it gets harder to lose weight as you get older. And yeah, that is somewhat true. But another reason for that is actually the way you have... We could say yo-yo dieted or lost and gained weight time and time again in the past. What many people don't know is we have a set amount, well, not a set amount, but you have fat cells, right? And you cannot lose fat cells. They do not disappear from your body without liposuction or surgery. So what happens when you lose weight is your fat cells actually shrink, and then they want to grow, but you you don't want them to grow, right? And then if you feed them, say you've you've lost all this weight and your fat cells are shrunk, they're more susceptible to want to grow quicker. So you start feeding them and binging or just overeating in a way that you will gain weight is how you're gaining weight is your fat cells expand and expand and expand until the point they can't expand anymore. And when they can't expand anymore, your body creates more fat cells to hold the amount that you're consuming. So you can't lose them, but you can create them and you gain them. 
So you've gone and lost weight and then you've put it all on plus more and now to lose weight again, you can shrink your fat cells again, but you have more fat cells to shrink. So it's going to be harder. You'll have to work harder each time to lose weight. And that's why yo-yo dieting is so detrimental because every time you lose the weight and then you gain it, you're gaining more fat cells if you're gaining more and more and more. So this is why we like balance and we don't want to yo-yo, yo-yo, yo-yo. I know it can be a little um, bit depressing, especially if you're someone who has yo-yo dieted a lot in the past and if you grew up in our generation or like in the 2000s and stuff where you were pretty much told to starve and heroin chic was the heroin chic, is that how you say it, was the the guide so you'd starve yourself and then you'd gain the weight and starve yourself and gain your weight and you didn't have this knowledge. But it is what it is. That's the fun fact for today. Stop yo-yo dieting. Just really try and like sit at maintenance if we can. We don't want to be going extreme to extreme. A slow and steady wins the race. And yes, you will always be able to lose weight, but it will make it harder and harder and harder. So that's my depressing fun fact for today. You can't lose fat cells, but you can create them. So just watch watch what you're doing with your body. And that is also, random side note, but that is also why you need a coach after you've finished your dieting phase. So you need a coach more to come out of a diet than you do to go into a diet. It's a lot easier to lose weight than it is to build your calories up and reverse diet. Reverse dieting is where you have completed your diet and say say you've hit your goal weight or your goal size or whatever you want to be and you slowly will build your calories up and lower your energy expenditure, like lower your exercise down a little bit to be able to eat more but stay roughly the same size. That is what reverse dieting is and that's how we stay the same size rather than yo-yo dieting. And that is what you need a coach for, I would say, more than dieting. Losing fat is easy. Reverse dieting is hard because there's no goal and you kind of see the scales stay the same or slightly going up a tiny bit and you're freaking out. But we can't stay in a calorie deficit forever. It's not good for our health and we don't want to binge and yo-yo and go through that cycle. That's the fun fact of today. It's not very fun. It's a little bit depressing, but I thought it'd be good for you all to know. Now into the topic of today. Money, money, money. We all love it. We all want it. It can do amazing things for us. And it seems... Lots of people have actually asked me for this one. They're saying, apparently I seem like someone who manages my money and life well. And all I can say is I have I have been through the ebbs and flows with money. I wasn't always very good with it. And I have, I, well, I think my story is interesting, but a kind of interesting money story that's kind of taught me a lot about it. So I'm coming from a place of experience when I speak about this. I'm not going to teach you how to get rich or tell you some magical secret. 
But I am going to talk to you about how your mindset and psychology affects the way you handle money and how you can begin to change that. I'll also go through some tips I have to save, manage and make money work for you. And I'll tell you things I wish, I wish I could go back and tell my younger self so that if you are young enough or any age really, but if you're young enough listening to this and you can put these things into place, it will make your life so much fucking easier and so much better in the long run. Um, And I'll tell you some lessons I've learned from my own fuck ups really, because I've had plenty, plenty of them. Disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor, nor should this podcast episode be used as financial advice or to make some financial decisions. I'm here to chat about some things that have helped me and also assist in changing your mindset about money, but I am not a financial advisor at all. I will also recommend some great finance podcasts and services for you throughout the potty episode, but never take financial advice from a podcast. Um, That's why we have financial advisors and professionals for these things. Always do your own research and engage your own professionals. I'm going to start off with a hard hitting quote that I love. And it's, if you are born poor, that is not your fault. But if you die poor, it is. And I'm going to follow up that quote by telling you that if you're listening to this podcast, you have hit the jackpot. You hit the jackpot the day you were born. The fact that you live in a country where you have the ability to listen to a podcast is a huge blessing. Regardless of your circumstances right now, you have a choice. Of course, there are always outliers. And as I've said in other podcasts, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking to everyone else. A lot of you could get on top of your finances and begin to create intergenerational wealth or even just a better life if you pulled your head out of the sand and started making the right decisions. Now, I do not believe you can budget your way out of poverty and I acknowledge my privilege being in the position that I can even talk about this, but I do believe you can make small steps in the right direction that will snowball into being financially stable and will be able to help you reach your financial goals, whether they're big or small. I also understand that many of us, most of us, have never been taught anything about money, let alone had any good money role models in our life. But I'm here to tell you that regardless of that, you can still make it. You can still turn it around for yourself. I didn't have and still don't have any good money role models in my life close to me. Everything I have done, all of the goals I have hit and everything I have learned is from my own doing and my own learning. So a little little backstory. I grew up in a family with quite a bit of money where I was extremely spoiled and got pretty much whatever I wanted. I would get like $200 to go to the beach. (laughs) Like who needs 
$200 to go to the beach, but I loved it. Don't get me wrong. $500 to go to the shops on the weekend. Like, you know, when you go to the shops and you go into the movies, I would get $500 to go spend on whatever I wanted to spend. Like I remember my brother would go to time zone and spend his $500 and I'd go to all the clothes stores. And if I went shopping with my dad in particular, he would say to me, you know the drill, darling, you can have whatever you want. So you could say things were handed to me and my siblings on a silver platter, which in hindsight can be quite damaging. Um, But I'm not going to say I didn't love it because I fucking loved being a spoiled brat. Then during my teens, something happened and most of our money was stripped away. I'm not ready to share this story in detail right now. Maybe one day I'll elaborate more in depth. But all you need to know right now is all our money went poof and disappeared. So I went from having and getting everything to having a lot less while grieving big time and going through all the emotions of being a teenager. As you know, being a teenager is tough. <laughs> we, we now as adults are like, come on, I wish I was a teenager again. But it was tough at the time. You're going through all these things. So I was going through that. And then when I was 16, I ended up moving out of home and in with a friend where I lived um, with her family. And I figured things out like I was working at Sumo Salad and teaching dancing and also doing my school. So finishing school and um, doing high school. Then I moved back with my parents and my family maybe a few months before I graduated year 12. And then not long after that, after I graduated, I got an office job and moved in with my boyfriend of like three months. So now I want to take note of moving in with my boyfriend because I vividly remember during that relationship, he would tell me that I would get defensive if he ever brought up money or ever wanted to discuss budgeting um, or anything like that. And I was really defensive and I didn't want to talk about it. And I now can look back and think, oh, I was almost traumatized because I used to have it all and hated having to talk about restricting anything because I literally would say I wanted something and would get it. So this is something I've worked on. Well, I worked on really a lot during my single years when I was learning to be independent. And now I talk about it freely, like Kirk and I talk about it freely and there's no no issue at all. But I remember that. And so if that is you, you can work on that. So anyway, back to my story. I went from being a spoiled brat who thought money grew on trees to not having money given to me anymore, not having much money anymore. And thankfully, this made me wake up and realize I had to make my own money (laughs) and do it on my own if I wanted the life I desired. And I am someone that, as we know, wants a big, beautiful, magical life. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that I I had to do that on my own. And I'm so, so fucking glad that this happened because I would not be who I am today and I would not know about money in the way I know today if it didn't happen. Anyway, back onto my story again. So until the age of 19, 
I'd never really saved any money in my life. I literally lived lived, um, week to week and spent money on random shit like any average person does, which is a huge contrast to how I am now. And it was only once I decided I wanted to start traveling and I decided I wanted my boobs done that I realized I had to work for it and sort my money out, which I did. And then I didn't. (laughs) And then I didn't. I remember when I was 24, I was earning like $35,000 a year. And I saved $14,000 for my breast augmentation surgery. That's like almost 50% of my income at the time. And I saved it because I really wanted something. And so I proved to myself, oh, I can do this. And then not long after that, I followed some terrible advice about getting interest-free credit cards and um, doing stupid shit with them and ended up in about thirty to $40,000 of debt. This was shit, so fucking shit. I literally, literally, literally stuck my head in the sand for years and this just amplified the problem so badly, so badly. After I'd amplified the problem and stuck my head in the sand for so long, I felt like I would never come out of the debt. I felt like I was in a deep, deep hole with slippery metal walls and I was never going to climb out of it. There was no way for me to climb out of it. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. And for so long, my head was in the sand as I just put it in the too hard basket. And honestly, it does not help to do that at all. If this is where you are now, I promise you there is a way out. And the sooner you start, the sooner you will be free from it. And it's, yes, it seems like a long road, but in hindsight, you're going to walk the road anyway. So you can be five years down the track in further debt because debt compounds or you can be five years down the track free of your debt or almost free of your debt or working towards it. You're going to do those five years. Anyway, anyway, so prior to this, I was really (laughs) against credit cards and never wanted one. So this is your PSA to not get a credit card especially if you're a spender, which clearly I was because I never had to save. I, I, <laughs> I spent money my whole life. That's what I did. I, I liked buying things. Um, full disclosure, Kirk and I now do have a credit card that gives us amazing frequent flyer points, but we use it as a debit card and don't go tap happy with money we don't have. So anything I pay for on the credit card, I automatically transfer straight from our bank account. So back to my story. I had my head in the sand and I was in a shit ton of debt. Then slowly but surely I pulled myself out of the debt and got on top of my money. How did I pull myself out of it? The first thing I had to do was own my shit. Yep, I said it again, I'm owning my shit and actually figure out where I was and where I wanted to go. Figuring out where you are financially is very confronting 
but it is also so empowering. And I, I need you to do this if you haven't. If you don't already, you need to sit down and figure out what you owe, what you earn, what's going out, what's coming in, your assets, everything. Figure it all out and sit with it and let it hit you and absorb. Then, then I had to forgive myself. This was huge. You can't move forward if you're beating yourself up about your past actions. They are the past. You need to learn from them and move forward. We can't keep going back to them. And forgiving yourself is quite hard because you, it's like you have to sit there and know like, shit, I did this shit stuff. I made these stupid decisions, but that's okay, right? We have to forgive ourselves and move on and learn, learn from it. Then after I'd forgiven myself, I started working on my money mindset. And the rules of managing money are very simple, really. Just like the rules of following a diet, it is so simple. Both are very straightforward, but it's us as humans that complicate it and mess it up and make it messy and think it's confusing when it's really just do these steps and you will be free or do these steps and you will lose weight. Do these steps, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is why working on your money mindset is essential while on your money journey because you can do the steps but if you're sabotaging yourself each time or you can set up these steps but if you keep sabotaging yourself because your mindset is fucked around money, then you're not going to get anywhere and you're just going to kick yourself and kick yourself and be so annoyed at yourself. And that's, that's not helpful to anyone. So my dad always said to me growing up, you become rich on your own and then you marry someone you love. Make sure you never rely on a man for money. This always stuck with me and is one of the things I have now achieved in my life that I am super, super proud of. Look, I'm not going to tell you I'm rich, but I'm very financially independent on my own without a man before Kirk. <laughs> but when I was a teen in relationships and then single and sticking my head in the sand, hiding from over 30K debt, I was not doing that and it felt shit. When I was single, I wasn't relying on a man for money, but I wasn't doing very good with my money either. We can call the bank the man. I guess I was relying on the bank. But yeah, it felt real shit and I knew I had to change it. I just, as I said before, I just didn't know. I did not know how. I was like, what the fuck? Money is not good or evil. It is a tool. It's people that are good or evil. A lot of people are raised with the mindset that People with money are bad and greedy and dodgy. And although that is sometimes the case, it's not accurate at all in most instances. And really, that's just something people tell themselves to make excuses for why they didn't put in the work it takes to make, keep and grow their wealth. It's harsh, but it's fucking true. Classic case of putting others down to make yourself feel better about yourself and your shitty circumstances. It's the tall poppy syndrome, isn't it? 
rife in Australia, as we know. Um, but money is actually such an incredible tool to do the most incredible things and make the world a better place if you use it correctly, right? And if you treat it right. So my money mindset. So I had to work on believing I was worthy of wealth and believing I can do great things with money and believing it came to me consistently and in abundance. I also started to learn and understand that there is no limit, right? Um, There is more than enough for everyone. Just because I have money doesn't mean someone else can't have it and vice versa. A rising tide lifts all ships, right? Just because one person has abundance doesn't mean you can't either, You should use them or someone with more than you as an expander to show you, oh, my gosh, I can do that too. So I'm sure you've heard about the law of attraction. If you haven't, I'd be shocked, but it's a law like gravity and you can't deny it and you literally attract what you put out. So what is coming to you is like a mirror of your inner world and your inner thoughts and your words that you're saying. So if you have a negative mindset and speech and you believe money is hard to come by or hard to keep, then that will be your reality straight up. Same goes for the opposite. If you think money is in abundance to you and there's more than enough for everybody and there's always ways it comes to you, then that will be your reality too. And the first point of call is you need to be grateful for what you already have in order to have more. It's just like in anything in life, always start with gratitude. You don't deserve more if you can't be grateful for what you have now. I'm not going to delve deep into the law of attraction today, but I do recommend if you haven't heard of it or if you have heard of it and just like left it to the side, I do recommend you do your own research. Just don't go and start believing that you don't have to put actions in place to make these things happen. That's not how it works, but it is a law like gravity. You can't deny it. You may as well use it in your favor, right? Like for example, do you ever find that when you start to get on a roll with savings and you're like, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting some money behind me and then bam, your car shits itself or something expensive <laughs> happens to take your savings? I used to find that all the time with my emergency fund. Anytime it would get to a certain amount, something would happen and I would have to use my emergency fund to um, pay for that. And I... I had to really work on changing my mindset around that because I would see my emergency fund almost getting to that amount and it was like my brain would think, oh, something's going to happen. And it always did. And I attracted that to myself. So the last time I um, got it up to that amount, something did come up, but it wasn't huge. And I decided to just use other money rather than dipping into my emergency fund to get there. And this seemed to have rewired my mindset around this barrier and kind of break the glass ceiling that I had created in myself. So if you have a similar experience, maybe try that because now my emergency fund is way higher than that amount. But yeah, I just had to push through that tiny little, that mental barrier that I'd created myself. And now that is not a thing. 
So I would recommend that, trying to rewire your brain like that and working on it. Um, but yeah, the law of attraction and training yourself to believe you deserve wealth is a really good place to start for your mindset. Start working on your mindset now, even if you don't have much money at all, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Just remember, money is not evil. It can actually be used to do such great things. So as I mentioned, money, managing money is super simple. We just fuck it up. It's super simple things like live below your means. So spend less than you earn. Don't tell me you haven't heard that before. Keep out of bad debt. So personal loans, finance, credit cards, build up an emergency fund and only use it for emergencies. An emergency fund is kind of like a shield or like an armor. You will feel so secure in yourself once you've got one and secure in your finances. A flight to Bali or Taylor Swift tickets are not emergencies, guys. So you do not touch your emergency fund for something that is not an emergency. It's literally there to save your ass, not to get you to a concert or to another country. Um, Invest and watch compound interest work its magic. Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. If you haven't heard of it, I definitely recommend you look it up. And if you're not using it to your advantage, then what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Honestly, it is, it's like free money. It's so good. And as I said before, like debt compounds, so does wealth if you put it in the right places. Give some away and do good things with it. You never become poor by giving, I promise you. And another one that I've just attacked on the end that um, I believe is don't spend your money before you have it. For example, if you're getting a promotion and you know you're going to get a pay rise, don't go and start spending the extra income before it even hits your account. <laughs> Because you don't know what the fuck is going to happen and it could not be the way that you thought. So don't spend money before you have it. They are literally the simple rules for managing your money. And I understand we are currently living in times where inflation is somewhat screwing a lot of us, meaning we can't always do all of these things, but we do want to aim for them in the long run. Like honestly, inflation is wild at the moment. <laughs> I saw a meme and it was like when you go to the grocery store for bread, milk and butter and you're like, I can't afford $30,000. I'm like, that is so true. Well, not exactly, but it's getting there. It's very close. Okay. It's not very close to $30,000, but it feels like it, right? It feels like it. My, my fuel is double what it was last year to fill up, which is wild. That's just the times we live in and we have to roll with it. Plus, a positive to the times we live in is we live in a time where you have so many free resources at your fingertips. If you're not using them, why are you not using them? I need to know because you literally have free resources and some things you don't even need to read. You can literally just listen to it as you drive and it will absorb or listen to it as you walk or work or do whatever you're doing. Um, so I'm going to recommend a few free resources now and I will link them in the show notes for you. 
These are Australia-based, but they can be used overseas too, except for the last point. And I'm sure there are similar resources in different countries, depending where you are. So the first one is the She's on the Money podcast. I started listening to the She's on the Money podcast from its first episode. And that was when I was on my journey to pull myself out of the debt hole that I had dug. And I started to learn about money. This is a really great resource. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's free to listen. Go listen to it. Even if you start from the first episode and binge listen, it teaches you so many things in terms that we would understand. And it's really great. And I really recommend it. The next one's another podcast. It's called My Millennial Money Podcast. It is really good as well. Similar thing. And they also have property podcasts, both of them, I think. Yeah, like offshoots. And they're just really great free resources that will teach you so much and can help you a lot to understand things and help you to change your mindset around money as well. My next thing is the Glenn James Spending Plan which is actually a course. This is the spending plan that I use and I actually paid for the course and the spending plan way back when I like got it, but now it's free. So do not walk, run to get this. It is free. I will link all of these in the show notes, as I said, and it is a game changer. And I love the mind frame or the wording spending plan rather than a budget because a budget seems quite constrictive, restrictive, and a spending plan is acknowledging that we spend money. That's just like what we do. We have to spend money to live. But a spending plan will set us up so that it's put in the right places and we have money to spend but also to save and to invest and to do all the wonderful things that we want to do with our money. The last free resource I have is there is actually free financial counselling through our government, which is great for those that are struggling. This is a great resource for anyone. If you're like me and you were in a big hole of debt or if you are struggling with anything, you can reach out and use that resource, which is I think I think it's really a great resource to use if you can. Something I have seen a lot of lately is the saying, money will come back to you, but you'll never be 25 at Tomorrowland again, or you'll never be 18 and traveling Europe again. And this is true. And travel is literally one of my highest values, but I believe you can have both. If you learn from my mistakes and don't go into debt for it, you can have both, especially if you are younger and you have the world as your oyster. If I could tell 18-year-old Amy anything, it would be to start investing ASAP. Like, do not wait any longer. Instead of buying a new outfit or um, whatever I randomly wanted each week from my pay, put $50 of it into shares or ETFs or into your financial future. I would tell her also to not listen to the bad advice coming her way and to not go into debt. And yeah, you definitely can travel and invest. You just need to set up your budget 
spending plan, whatever you want to call it, in a way that makes that possible. And if you are younger or if you have the options to do this and you're not up to your eyeballs in mortgage debt, then you really, really can do this. And I I want to encourage you, put you first now, but also put future you first. They're both important. And when I say put you now first, I don't mean sabotage future you. Like don't put you now first by sabotaging future you. Something I see often is this is sabotaging your financial future so much, but it's people buying shit they can't afford to impress people that don't care about them. Do not buy things to keep up with the Joneses or to appear different than you are. Warren Buffett, literally one of the richest men on earth, drives a Cadillac when he could easily afford a Ferrari SUV. Cars are liabilities, not assets, right? Like, sure, it's really nice having a nice car, but not if you've gone into huge debt for it. And it's the same thing for designer things and you see it on people that cannot afford those designer things and they're spending their entire income on it or going into debt for it. It's you're really, you're really fucking future you real hard. And yeah, you could die tomorrow, but you could also not die tomorrow and you could be 60 and living off the pension, which is like, I don't know what it is right now. It's really low. And who wants to live that life? Who wants to be the grandparent that can't buy the grandchildren presents because they decided YOLO, I'm going to do stupid shit when I'm young and stick my head in the sand. Anyway, I'm ranting. I'm good at that. Here we are. Yeah. So the, oh, and this one, the amount of people I see with Gucci belts, Louis Vuitton bags, traveling the world, but have zero dollars to their name other than what they're wearing or spending while traveling is wild. Or they have minus dollars to their name because they're going into debt for this is wild. Like personally for me, I'm not into designer things. Um, some things I like and if I want it, I'll buy it, but I'm not that crazy into it, which this saves me a lot of money, but I also wouldn't want anything designer unless I had it as disposable income after I've invested it into my future, right? So some people don't value traveling or don't value things. And if you value designer goods, that is fantastic. But as long as you're not going into debt for it or screwing your future you for it, then by all means, that is fabulous. Um, Yes. So live for now, but also plan for your future. And yes, the cost of living is fucking high. And if it is too high, maybe you need to evaluate where you're at. Are you living alone and can only live on two-minute noodles due to your rent being so high? How much easier would your life be financially if you had a housemate? And I know it's not always fun having a housemate, but if you find the right one, 
it can be a vibe. And unfortunately, that's just the times we live in, right? And if you don't think you make enough money, for example, you can always make more. There is always ways to make more money. But also the saying of if you can't manage a small amount of money, you're not deserving of more, that holds so true. So we need to sort out our base before we start adding a structure. So start learning about it and then we can start adding onto it. Some of the things that I do to save money, first and foremost, I use Shopback and Cash Rewards for all of my purchases where possible. This is not sponsored. I wish it was though, guys. Please sponsor me. That'd be amazing. But yes, this is a game changer. If you haven't heard of them before, my gosh, you need to use my referral code, get some free money and start using it. So you can download it as an app on your phone, either of them. I have it on my phone, but I don't ever do shopping on my phone. I have it on my computer. So they both can be added as a Chrome extension onto your computer. So each time you go onto a, say a shop online shopping site, it'll pop up and say, you can earn cash back. And I earn cash back for so many things from like everything I buy, like my clothing or my flights that used to do fuel, but doesn't really do fuel anymore. But like there's so many things, everything for our wedding. I bought a lot of things through local people. I wanted to use like small businesses or through Etsy, which is like small, small businesses. And Etsy had cashback. So I was getting cashback for everything that I could for our wedding, which is really good. Definitely recommend that. And literally you get cashback. Let's just say a clothing website and say they've got upsize cashback. So they've got 20% cashback on your purchases. And if you already were going to buy clothes, I'm not saying go buy clothes so you can get cashback because that's just dumb. But if you already were like, oh, I needed to get a new blazer or this, you had a list of things that you needed to buy. If you go onto that shop, activate the cashback thing and do the purchase and then you receive the clothes and if you don't make any returns, you get 20% back on your order. So if you spent $100, that's $20 free money. And it just goes into your cash back and then you can withdraw it as cash. So sometimes if I want something new or a new outfit or something like that, I'll look at my cash back money and see how much money I have and I'll withdraw it and use that to buy my new outfit. But actually now, that's what I used to do, but now I withdraw the money and invest it. (laughs) I use it as my investing money and it is really great because it's free money and I'm making that money work for me. Sorry, that is the first tip. My biggest tip is to use Shopback and use cash rewards. They are both similar. They both, and I, because I have the Chrome extension, you can't use them both at the same time. So if you activate one, it will deactivate the other one if you're using the Chrome extension, but I just click yes to whatever the larger cashback is, if that makes sense. The next thing I do myself is I laminate and tint my own eyebrows. And I would say I'm pretty good at it. And I have, I've always done my own eyebrows. Actually, I've had my eyebrows done by someone else, maybe, maybe four times in my life, but I do it all myself. And I actually need to do it this weekend. My eyebrows are fading fast, but 
Yeah. Saves me saves me about $150 a month or every three weeks. That's how often I do it. So yes, I do that. I'm lucky I do have bushy eyebrows, so I don't need to get them tattooed or microbladed or anything like that. I did get a gel nail kit to do my own nails at home, but it literally took me like three hours or takes me if I do it, like three hours to do it. And I really, really suck at it. So now I just have nothing on my nails (laughs) and it's just they're neat and kind of tidy and I have nothing on them because I fucking hate going to the salon and sitting there and doing nothing. I just think it's the least productive thing I can do with my time. I wish, I wish I could drop my hands and feet off at the salon and come back and pick them up later and be doing interesting or productive things during that hour and a half that I would have to sit there just to have coloured nails that would chip anyway because when I dance, my nails chip. That's um, how I save money there. I outfit repeat and I am shameless about it. I love an outfit repeat. If it's hot, why not? And often I don't take even take photos of my outfits. I'm like a bit upset. I'm like, I look really fucking cute. Why did no one take a photo of me? I often wear my clothes differently so they look different. I have this top that I wear. I can wear – actually, I have heaps of tops that I wear backwards sometimes and people wouldn't even know, but it just changes the whole look and changes the whole style of the outfit. So I do that a lot. Something I do is I look on Pinterest for like outfit inspo And I look and I go, oh, what do I have in my wardrobe that's similar to that? And I go and throw it together. I'm like, oh, that works perfect. So that is a good little tip that I do. And that saves me lots of money on not having to just buy outfits all the time. Another thing with clothing is I borrow outfits or dresses from friends instead of getting new shit for events or weddings or anything like that I'll always borrow and I also lend out my stuff to my friends I have so many (laughs) I'm so bad I have extreme I have so many beautiful like dresses to wear to weddings and events and balls and all these kind of stuff because I get sucked into buying them and then I have jeans and a white t-shirt and gym clothes and I have no cool nice stylish everyday clothes so if anyone has some wrecks on where I can get some really timeless, cool, nice, stylish, everyday clothes that would really expand my wardrobe. Another big money saver is I meal prep. Meal prepping saves so much money. Like this week we didn't meal prep because we got home. Our flight was so delayed and we had to just quickly go to Woolworths and get random meals that um, like muscle meals or whatever. And they're so expensive. And our grocery bills like double. <laughs> so meal prepping saves so much money. And I don't pay full price for things, especially if I do not need it. So no, you don't need to pay full price for those shoes. You can always Google if there's a voucher code, especially if you're shopping online and the shop back and everything like that, that will tell you if there's any sales. So if you need some new shoes and you're like, oh, I don't really want to pay full price for it, just wait a little bit if it's not super urgent. Buy it when it's on sale, kids. Honestly, I don't know why people pay full price for anything. Oh, another tip is to like figure out your values and decide what you're happy to spend money on and what you don't want to spend money on and be able to cut that way because you don't want to just cut out everything, especially in this day and age, and feel crap about yourself. So for me, like I've just gone over, I don't like to spend money on 
well, my time really, time is money, time on getting my nails done or doing my nails or spend money on my eyebrows or eyelashes or anything like that. But I will not cut corners on my hair or my Botox. So we've got to pick and choose what we want to spend our money on and then be happy to spend your money on that. So that is another little tip I have with that. Now you've listened to this and know about the free resources, you have no excuse to not get better at handling your money. Even if you are struggling with your income and the cost of living and everything going on right now, you can still begin to learn so that when you do have more, because this is just a season, right? So when you do have more and we're in a different season, you know how to manage and keep it. It is on you. It is your responsibility and no one else's. So that's that. I hope this has helped you a bit and I'm excited for you to start living free from constant money issues. Oh, and my final rule I live by, do not lend money you expect or want to get back. Thank you for listening today and tuning in. It was great to be in your ears again. I hope this has helped you a little bit. And remember, I am on your side. I'd love it if you could like, share, rate, review the potty. The uh, Instagram shares of the podcast episodes are getting out there and it's amazing to hear about people finding my podcast that way and loving it and getting some real value from it. So it'd be great if you could share this episode, if you found any value in it, or you think anyone else could. Thanks for coming, guys. Love you. And I'll speak to you next week. Have a beautiful week.